Jimmy Baker was an incredibly successful ministry. And he tells of the day when 100,000 people gathered at his headquarters and he and his wife led a motorcade in a convertible Cadillac. In some order of status, they followed behind in this motorcade, you know, Jimmy at the front and then president, vice, I don't know who it was, right through the parade. 100,000 people shouting, cheering, clapping, and, and you know, just really uh, having a great time um, uh, cheering their heroes. As Jim looked back from prison, where he ended up, he said, can you imagine the arrogance of us being paraded like stars? Then he said this, none of us set out to reach this place. We drifted from servanthood to stardom. And friends, I would suggest that in parts of the body of Christ, the church has shifted from servanthood to stardom. And we're lifting up and exalting the, the stars and the superstars, just a bit like the world does, and cheering and clapping them. But you know what was worse? Jimmy Baker went on to say, and nobody seemed to notice. The church moved from servanthood to stardom, and no one seemed to be aware of what was going on. It says they drifted. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't deliberate. It was a drift from serving to being served. I want to read to you a great passage of Scripture. It illustrates this so well in John 13, verse 1 to 17. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to his Father, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And this is how. Supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had gone from the God and was going to God, he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If, you do not, if I do not wash you, you have no part of me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus said, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew he would be who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down, he said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and you do well. You say well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Thanks, guys. It's great. Jesus knew that he was about to go to the Father, that he would be exalted to the very highest place. He could have filled him with pride. 
sitting at the right hand of the Father. Instead, he washed his disciples' feet. At the moment, he might have had supreme pride. He had supreme humility. What do you do when you get a promotion at work? What do you do when you're made a prefect or a head prefect? What do you do when you enjoy success? Jesus responded by serving more, not less. Tony Anthony is a great friend of mine, an apostle in India, leads a church planting ministry in about 700 churches, planting a church every week. He became fearful of becoming proud. He saw others getting proud. So he cried out to God and God spoke to him and said, Tony, learn to cook and then do the dishes, which is one of the lowest tasks in India. I'd visit Tony, speak at his conventions. Outside of the meetings, I was wondering where on earth is Tony? I could never find him. One day I decided I'd go for a walk. I ventured right down the outside the grounds, huge grounds I had, went right out the very, very back where all the work was being done, done. all the servants were there and they were preparing things and there was Tony sitting in the midst, peeling vegetables. This is the apostle of the movement and cleaning the dishes. He humbled himself. And you know the Bible says, humble yourself. Don't wait for people to humble you. Don't wait for church to humble you. Don't, don't wait for humbling things to happen. He said, no, no, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and then he will Take care of the rest. Nothing liberates our greatness like the desire to help, the desire to serve. Well, it must be true because we know the greatest in the kingdom of God are servants. If you want to release the greatness within you, start to serve. Start to wash the feet of others. You know, the first hurdle in serving and a hurdle some never get over, is to serve when you don't want to. Some of you might say, oh, no, no way I'm gonna serve at New Zealand and beyond. Well, the first step is you get over that hurdle. Because nobody really wants to serve, but you learn to serve, you develop the serving muscle. Through August, we're looking for hundreds more servants to help run New Zealand and beyond. But maybe you've not thought of it this way. New Zealand and beyond really is serving the body of Christ. We are champions for unity in the body of Christ. Wherever I share this across the nation, the response is amazing. It's God kind of put this thing on us, surprisingly. We're champions for small churches. We honor them, we value them, we love them. We bless the body of Christ. We help them to reach their communities. We bless them with speakers. We, when they come, we love them. We serve them. We pray for them. The body of Christ. When you serve at New Zealand and beyond, you, it's not like you're just serving church unlimited. That's a part of it. But more than that, let's see the bigger picture. You're serving the body of Christ in New Zealand. Wow. It's a wonderful thing. More than that, you know, we, we serve Christchurch. We serve the South Island. You know, we keep costs to a minimum so we can bless the maximum number of people. This year we lost $60,000 as we washed the feet of the body of Christ. 
as we bring world-class speakers in, his, in the South Island, which they would never get. And you know another thing that a lot of community ministry, caring for the needy, people have been inspired to do that as a result of New Zealand and beyond. Wow, did you think when you were serving at New Zealand and beyond that someone is gonna get inspired and they're gonna start this ministry of serving a, a, a needy group of people in the nation and a part of it's because of your ministry? We really are serving the body of Christ and I think it's a, it's a terrific thing. But you know, we're, we're washing, as it were, the feet of our nation. We're helping turn this nation to, to Jesus, which is its greatest need, by the way. And when you start to serve the body of Christ and serve the nation, wash the feet of the nation, God begins to open doors. So recently I was at a meeting and had the opportunity to speak briefly with the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Bill English. They say he's a good Catholic, has some conservative views. I had an opportunity to chat with him and give him a bit of advice and see him there listening carefully. I said, Bill, I know you think that you run the nation, but I'm sorry, I'm actually running the nation. The church, the church of Jesus Christ is actually in charge of this whole deal over here, or at least we should be in charge. We're the head and not the tail. We have the power of the Godhead available to us to move this nation in the right direction. They can't do that, friends, but we have. We have the power. We gotta take our, our responsibility. We have to take our privilege and our honor and pray and do what we can to move this nation and see a revival break out right from the Cape to the Bluff. <laughs> Through our hour of power tonight, we're gonna to serve the body of Christ. We're gonna serve and wash the feet of our nation. Well, I don't like washing feet. Well, it's what changes lives. No one was closer to God than Jesus, was he? He was God. And yet it's interesting, guess what? His nearness took him deeper in serving. Rather than separating from men, it brought him nearer to them. You see, a close walk with God should be reflected in deeper serving. That is a true test of our spirituality is how well we serve others, according to the Scriptures. Now, many of us, like me, we tend to be self-focused. Now, some of you are probably offended at my statement, that comment, but let me put you to the test. When you are shown a photo and you're in it, who do you look for first? Uh-huh, gotcha. Got the whole lot of you, didn't I? And then, if it's not a great fit a picture of you, you look at it and you think, oh man, who is it? Let me find that photographer. They didn't get me looking my best. Folks, that's as good as you look. Get used to it. That is you. And then, if your hair is not quite in place, you get so angry. If I only had a chance to brush my hair right. You know why we get so upset? Because it's all about me. And we need a shift from me to others. We need a shift from a focus on self to washing feet of others. Jesus knew he was about to be betrayed by Judas. Now watch this. And yet he still washed Judas' feet. Hello? Anybody that's upset you lately? Me? <laughs> Anyone that's betrayed you, criticized you, spoken ill of you, said something you annoyed you? Bible says, grab a towel. Go wash their feet. You can decide how that washing takes place, but 
do them good. See, Jesus met greatest injury, listen, and supreme disloyalty with greatest love and servanthood. That's how he answered it. And the truth will set you free. See, hurt, criticism, disappointment, many things can stop us serving. But Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Make a decision today, every one of you, that nothing will ever stop you serving. Doesn't matter how you're treated, doesn't matter if you're ignored, someone, no, no one appreciates you, it doesn't matter because you're not serving man, you're not serving a church, you are serving the living God. Why punish God by not serving because some idiot <laughs> upset you, some clown annoyed you? Why punish God? Why punish the kingdom? And why bless the devil who sent that person to upset you anyway? Don't let anything ever stop you serving. That's my encouragement to you. So just prior to this event of washing feet, the disciples were having an argument. You know the story? Having this argument over who would be the greatest. Peter and John, can we at the right hand and left hand, God, in your kingdom? They were willing to fight for a throne, but not for a towel. They weren't interested in the towel. <laughs> they said, hey, Johnny, you have the towel. God, give me the throne. Give me the position. Give me the success. Give me the exalted position. Don't give me a towel. That's what Jesus took. That's how he served. A famous orchestra conductor was asked, what's the most difficult instrument to play? For find someone to play, he said, second fiddle. He said, plenty are willing to play the first violin, but to find someone to play second violin or second flute, he said, that's a problem. No one wants to do that. And yet if no one plays second, there's no harmony. See, people get offended. Sometimes if they don't get their position, they, get the, they don't get the profile. They feel overlooked, someone's promoted ahead of them. Do you know what that is? Pride. Yeah. Say it with me, pride. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Am I guilty? Yes. <laughs> We're probably all guilty. Probably yeah. get to heaven before we deal with that one fully. But let's, at least recognize it for what it is. Yeah. When you feel jealous of someone else, just say, God, forgive me for my wicked pride. <laughs> That's the starting point. Let's move to the next point. The divine servant statue is a, a marvelous statue. A lot of people have it in their ministry grounds. Famous people have it. Because many people seeing this artwork have been so impacted that they've given their lives to Christ. Because what has happened is as they observe that, they can't put their head around Jesus, God himself, washing somebody's feet. They just can't get their head around it. But something inside them witnesses that this is right. That this is how God, life is meant to be. And so they give their lives to Christ. It's been a powerful thing. Last week I was in Whanganui. I always get a bit of a shock when I see the plane that takes you to Whanganui. <laughs> These tiny little planes. And I was going up the stairs and I says, thinking to myself, don't you know who I am? Oh, sorry, we're talking about servanthood, aren't we? I'm oh, sorry, I should have left that out of the, wiped that out of that part of the message. I shouldn't be there. Anyway, <laughs> it's a tiny little plane. I, I don't like those planes. You always wonder if the propeller's gonna keep going all the way. But 
Anyway, it did. So I was doing a combined churches meeting. We had a great time, and people were responsive and all the rest of it. And then at the end, as I'm about to leave, this married couple come up to me. And they said, oh, we'd, we'd like you to really promote our New Zealand Beyond at a, we'd like to promote New Zealand Beyond at a, at a meeting. And I said, well, what's this meeting about? At the end of this discussion, what we discovered is that they invited me to speak to about 600 Māori at Ratana Pā. This is a whole new people group. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is on New Zealand and beyond. Because they're more than wanting me to preach. They want me to talk about New Zealand and beyond. Because they love the emphasis and the focus that it is bringing to our nation. Leave me astounded. I mean, I was shocked. Seriously, I'm still telling Adrian about it. We're still thinking about it. We're thinking, how did this happen? It's amazing. God is at work, folks. God is all, be a part of what God is doing. Join with us in this battle. They've already registered for five people, that couple, and they want to register a whole lot more. Being a servant, by the way, is unannounced. Jesus never said, I'm going to demonstrate servanthood now. Watch my humility. In fact, that's what I actually like to do. I like to announce my servanthood. I say, Adrian, I am now about to watch the dishes. Which some of you do not, are not able to say. Am I not correct? And I'm about to dry the dishes, honey. Oh, and by the way, do you, would you like me to take the rubbish out? Oh, okay, here. Oh, gosh, it's pretty smelly, isn't it? And it's all right, I'll take it out. I'll put the rubbish in the rubbish bin. Is there anything else you want me to do? I'll even get the toilet roll. When the toilet paper's run out, I'll get a toilet roll. Seriously? And you can ask her. I'll wave it around. Make sure she sees it. Just say, honey, just letting you know I'm replacing the toilet roll. Because my daughter and son-in-law came and they didn't do it. (laughs) What's the point of serving if no one notices? (laughs) Huh? Well, sadly, that's what the Pharisees did. They would announce their servanthood. Matthew 23, 5 to 6, all their works they do to be seen by men. Doesn't it say there's a scripture, doesn't it? It says that... um, you know, do your arms in secret. Yeah. Uh-huh, so that your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Guess what I reckon? I reckon when you're servant, serving as you make it seen, I think that's your reward. But for those who do it unseen, they get a reward in heaven. You know, there's a scripture that I, I loathe and it really scares me and it's this scripture, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And I reckon there's some people that are serving back in the back blocks of nowhere. No one even knows about them. No one even sees them. They're going to get to heaven. They're going to have this mighty crown. And I'm going to think, God, what happened? First shall be last. The last shall be first. The greatest in the kingdom are servants of all. You want to be great? Sign up for New Zealand and beyond. (laughs) Couldn't help saying that. But he was great. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in synagogues. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humble, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus warns against the focus on titles, wanting the best seats at meals, events, and conferences. Some people just want the best seats, some people just want the best position. They want to be noticed by everybody. But Jesus warns against 
this kind of thing. One of the greatest manifestations, I believe, of servanthood is prayer. You know, when you pray for others, when you pray for our nation, when you pray for these 10 to 25-year-olds, that's washing feet. You know, it's, 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 it's a challenge to pray, but prayer really is one of the highest forms of servanthood that I know. John 13, 15, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done. Jesus didn't say, I've washed your feet, now wash mine. Did he? He didn't say that. He didn't say, I've served you, now you serve me, payback time. Hey, pastor, I've been serving in this church, I've done the ushering and I've been out in the car park for years and years and hey, how come, how come no one's looking after me? How come no one did this and that? And that? You, know, you know, I've served, what, how come everyone's not serving me? No, no, it doesn't work that way, folks. You're not serving man, you're serving God. He will pay back. Man will not pay back. I know what man is like. They will not pay back. I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times. I do not serve the church. I do not serve the church board. I serve Jesus Christ. He is my reward. He's the one I'm accountable to. He's the one that will look after me. If you serve expecting others to serve you in return, you're gonna be very disappointed, unfortunately. Maybe you shouldn't be, but you will be. So at times when it gets tough serving, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're serving away and there's a lack of response. People criticize you. They don't like the way you did it, Right? Well, they don't turn up for their roster. Not that that happens in Church Unlimited, but in other churches. People skip their roster and you think, where are my roster people? And you, you're getting mad. Is that? Whatever. You're getting mad. At that point, you want to stop, wash, you, you want to stop serving. Because it's going to really feel like washing dirty feet. That's what it's going to feel like. You're going to think, man, I don't like doing this, rat bags. But you still do it anyway. You wash dirty feet. And we need to wash feet with a good attitude. <laughs> we need to serve with a good attitude. So when you're washing feet, just be careful to check the temperature of the water. It's not freezing and it's not boiling because the idea is to wash feet, not remove skin. And some of you have removed skin in Jesus' name. <laughs> Don't do it. Serve with a good heart. Serve with a good attitude. Leave this towel here in case I forget what I'm talking about. John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. There's blessing when you serve. Some say the greatest blessing you'll receive is when you serve the most. God starts to look after you in unusual ways. Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around what? Doing good. Anointed with power. What for? To do good. To serve people. Anointed with doing and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with them. You know, most of God's people are not good. I mean, sorry. <laughs> most of God's people are good, but not great. All right? Most of, us, most of you here, you're good, but... Forgive me, but not great. Most of plain people have little to commend, them, commend themselves but their devotion to God. But without these good people, churches could not carry on. They're the first to come forward when there's work to be done. 
They're not known beyond the walls of the church because there's nothing dramatic or newsworthy in goodness. They have no greatness to draw the attention of others. They just go around doing good and serving. But when they die, I tell you, they leave a fragrance of Christ that lingers long after more well-known celebrities are forgotten. The greatest in the kingdom of God are servants. Why don't you consider tithing your time to God? Have you ever thought about that? We talk about giving, tithing our money to God, 10%. What about tithing your time to God? Give them 10% of your work week, four hours or five hours, whatever it is you work. Most of my staff do that. They, they tithe 10%. Just give an extra. Because we want our volunteers to do that, so we do it ourselves. Some of us tithe 20, 30% of our time to God. Just do the extra. Just a thought. See, you're very excited about that. <laughs> peanut strip. How many of you have seen peanut strips? No one. Oh. We'll talk about it anyway. So Lucy demands Linus change the TV channel, then threatens him with her fist. Linus says, what makes you think you can walk in here and take over? She replies, these five fingers are mine. She says, individually, they're nothing but when I curl them together into a single unit. They form a weapon terrible to behold. Linus says, which channel do you want? <laughs> Turning away, he looks at his fingers and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? As a church, each of us as individuals, we're not going to get much done. But when we join together into a single unit, we become a weapon that is terrible to behold. When we come together at Church Unlimited in New Zealand and beyond, each one serving, we become a weapon that is terrifying to the enemy. And he cannot withstand its power. We become this instrument knitted together, a force in our nation that will bring revival, that will advance the kingdom of God, that will bless the body of Christ, that will help turn New Zealand to Jesus. A powerful weapon in the hands of God. You see, the fall of man has created a perpetual crisis. In all across the world, it's gonna continue until sin is put down and Jesus reigns over a restored world. Until that time, the earth remains a disaster area. And we all live in a state of extraordinary emergency. As you look at the world events today, there is chaos all around us. And the rate of decline is absolutely frightening. It's not many years since ISIS came on the scene and, and uh, suicide bombers came into place. The risk of nuclear war is, 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 is always there and maybe more so even now. Then you have these trucks, vehicles mowing down innocent people and the police are saying, this is so hard to stop. They don't need guns. All they need is a truck. And a, and a street full of people, and they mow them down, killing them, 10, 15, 20, whatever, injuring hundreds more. And they don't know how to stop this. And the decline is so rapid, friends. What will our world be like in five, five, 10 years' time from now? If we've gone this far in five years, all this mayhem and chaos, what's going to be happening in another five years' time? And we need to be really careful, folks that we don't live as if no crisis exists. That we just eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy the pleasures of this world as the world in which we live literally burns in this extraordinary, never-before-seen crisis 
of monumental, monumental proportions, a world out of control, a world slipping into darkness and the, the pits of hell. And we can carry on our merry way as if nothing's going on. I'm sure you're not guilty of that, but there are some who are. These are desperate times which call for desperate measures. It's time for the church to arise. We are the answer. Only we can shape the future of this nation and of the nations of the world. The politicians can't do it. The billionaires can't do it. We have the power of God at our disposal and God is on our side and ready to work for us. And we will bring down His power for, through passionate, concerted prayer as we fight in the realm of the Spirit and say, God, we will not hand this nation over to the devil because New Zealand belongs to Jesus. He is a trespasser. He is a squatter. He needs to be driven out in Jesus' name. And friends, if the church does not rise and drive him out, he is going to have a field day, which he is already having. These are critical times in world history. We can't imagine what's going to happen in the next five years. Seriously. I'm just hoping we can alert ourselves. Someone put out a DVD recently. They recommended it to me and said that, unfortunately, much of the church is asleep. Wow. Wow. You wonder how could that be? Together we can change the trajectory of this nation. This is doable. Would you be a part of the team that changes the nation and the nations? This is the greatest cause on the planet. I know I get stirred up a little bit about this stuff, but I feel God's allowed me to have some insight into what is really going on in our nation, and please don't think that New Zealand is exempt, that we're kind of like the safe zone, that Satan says, okay, New Zealand, love you guys. I'll just deal with everyone else and leave you alone. Friends, that would be absolute folly. We're a target as much as anywhere else, and we have an opportunity to step up in prayer and keep the enemy at bay and see this nation turn to Jesus. We can get the job done. But to do it, we need your help. We need your help in serving. We need your help in praying. Let's join together, link ourselves, and become an instrument that is terrifying in the sight of the enemy. And let's turn this nation back to Jesus. Amen.